Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. We are on episode 33. 33. Um, forgive me a little late in getting the podcast out. I uh, had a holiday on Monday. Spent the time with some fam. Uh, did some stuff on a, uh, a car for my teenager. So we bought a kind of a beater car and we're... Well, I am, by we, I mean I, <laughs> am uh, putting those some of those mechanicing skills to, to work, and I'm doing some stuff on it. i got to do a head gasket, got to do a, a timing belt, which I absolutely despise. Whoever came up with timing belts, may he burn in the fires of Hades and then repent and go to the celestial kingdom. Um, but I, I have really had a busy weekend this next weekend will be busy will be busy as well but i will be getting some good content out to you guys i have had a lot on my heart i have been diving deeply into some book of mormon prophecy into some parallels with our time i am even more convinced which i didn't think was possible that the book of mormon is indeed a map and a compass for our time um, even more so than I think that we um, believe or care to admit. Um, I actually listened to a really good, almost four-hour presentation by a guy, and I, I might even put it up on the channel here. I'll, I'll create a separate playlist where I have stuff that isn't the podcast and isn't the midweek spiritual boost, things that I uh, I find interesting and that may be of worth i'm 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 very picky and i'm hesitant to post anything that doesn't back up or that doesn't um expressly come from the brethren but there are some that i feel that especially when they are saying hey you know back up the brethren you know back up the scriptures and stuff like that to where I may I might make some exceptions for that, but I will keep that isolated in its own playlist. So uh, take it with a grain of salt, but I, I do think that there is much in there that is extremely um, worth your time. And if you have, you know, it's one of those things where I think that if you if you if you're watching regular TV on Sunday, you know what I mean. Maybe start doing some stuff like this. Listen to some of the some of these podcasts. Um, I'm not saying listen to mine. You know what I'm saying. You can if you'd like, but listen to anything like that. Go to uh, churchjesuschrist.org and listen or watch some Bible videos. You know what I mean. Elevate your spirituality and get into some of that stuff. Um, anyway, I'm I'm going to cover something that actually stood out to me in that and that really complements kind of the series that we're going through right now with the Book of Mormon being a map and a compass for our time. Um, just to kind of, I guess, recap, we, we've covered um, 3rd Nephi chapters 7 and 8. I think, I think it was 7 and 8, or was it 6 and 7? Um, it's really, really apparent to me that those those chapters and the timeline especially it's interesting because we're getting very very specific timelines and 
I, I'm really starting to subscribe to it being a, I mean, we've always known that it's been a type and a shadow, right? And the specificity that we're getting in these chapters in third Nephi is incredible. And even beyond, you know what I mean? Even going into like before that, right? into like Alma and Helaman and stuff like that, we have the bulk of the Book of Mormon really with with um, a transfer of power going from King Mosiah to the judges, right? To the chief judge system and the judge system. Very much, very much paralleling America going from a monarchy uh, with with England and becoming a republic, a constitutional republic, like it's almost eerie how how extremely similar our two timelines are, and that is not a coincidence, brothers and sisters. That's not a mistake. Um, it has become very apparent to me that the advice of Nephi, uh, Nephi son of Lehi to likening the scriptures to ourselves is not just good advice. I always had a hard time wrapping my mind around that. And it's only in, in recent years that it's starting to absolutely resound. That I, I completely agree and I absolutely echo uh, Nephi. And I'm understanding now why, why he gave us that advice. Even going down to Nephi's making selections out of Isaiah, right? Jacob, the younger brother of Nephi, making a selection out of Isaiah at the request of Nephi and giving advice to his people, the Nephites, who have just a fledgling empire, right? They probably were just a big, large family at that point in time. And it's interesting to me that... If we go to Second Nephi chapter 6, um, Jacob takes the floor here, right? At the request of his brother Nephi. And this blew me away because I never caught this, right? So we know Nephi and Jacob both would have seen third Nephi in vision, right? At least Nephi did. I imagine Jacob probably would have as well, but even if he did not, he would have had access to his brother's writings, right? And he would have a really good first-hand account coming from Nephi himself as to what he saw. And so, knowing, having that foreknowledge about their people, about the fact that this, this promised Mashiach, right, the, the, the Messiah... This, this anointed one who would come, the, the deliverer, right? The son of God, who would come to their people after his death and resurrection. It's interesting to me, brothers and sisters, that he doesn't use that um, experience. He doesn't use that fact to teach the people at that time. Instead... He quotes Isaiah, where Isaiah is speaking to us, to the Gentiles, right? To those who are not of Judah. 
because that's what that means, right? Those who are not of Judah, who live in the, in the, in the area of Jerusalem, right? He quotes Isaiah, and Isaiah is speaking to us, and he likens us as a type and a shadow to his people, the, the, the fledgling Nephite nation, right? The, the large Nephite family at this point. And he's basically as a warning, right? As a, a type and a shadow of things to come that will happen to them. This is so cool to me, brothers and sisters, because, like I say, he could have just, he could have straight up quoted and gone into prophesying about third Nephi, about things that were going to happen, because it was the same thing, right? But instead, he goes and he quotes about things that are going to happen to us, to the Gentiles in the latter days. Now, it parallels because if you go to 3rd Nephi, the whole reason that we as the Gentiles have 3rd Nephi is because it is a type and a shadow as to what's going to happen to us, guys. Like, if this doesn't get you excited, if this doesn't doesn't get a fire going underneath your saddle, I don't know what does, guys. We, we have this, this... The Book of Mormon right now has become so extraordinarily valuable. And that's not to discount the Bible at all, because when you put it together, we start to get an unlocking of revelation and prophecies in Jeremiah, in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, and we're getting this stuff, and it is painting a picture for us and giving us a blueprint on how to survive the last days of the last days, specifically dealing with this promised land of America, right? We know that we are here a parallel to the land of Judah, right? The land of Jerusalem. That's what, you know, that's the whole reason as to why we are here on this land. And New Jerusalem is going to be built here, right? Over in Missouri. And knowing all of this information and having the blueprint and the scriptures at our disposal, brothers and sisters... You know, I feel like I, I'm starting to understand the lay of the land a little bit, and I'm getting a blueprint as to how to, how to zig and how to zag and what's going to happen to us in the, in the latter days. And when this stuff starts to demystify and when it becomes accessible to us, fear really starts to go out the window, Right? Because we see that, I mean, let's be honest with each other here. We've got, right here in the Book of Mormon, in Third Nephi, we have a year by year. It breaks it down and goes year by year, leading up to the coming of Jesus Christ to the Nephites, right? His minister to them. The, the um, hardships, the political turmoil the anarchy that happens right beforehand, and it's paralleling us. We are going to experience, probably with eerie similarity, the exact same thing that happened to the Nephites. Now, of course, there's going to be little variations and stuff like that, but the main idea is identical. It truly is a type and a shadow as to what we can expect as we slog through the last days of the last days. 
really, really fascinating, really, really interesting and exciting stuff, brothers and sisters. I want to go ahead and I want to read through 2 Nephi chapter 6, and maybe we can pick out some things here and, and you know, see if we can, if we can liken this to us, because this is directed at us, right? This is extremely fortuitous that we have this stuff. And, you know, in, in the words of Joseph Smith, when, when you start to get into this stuff, guys, when you start to get the spirit, and when you start to, to separate yourself from the world, from Babylon, and you see this this spiritual smorgasbord that is before us for free. It's free of charge. We have access to it. You can go on churchjesuschrist.org. You can sign in. You can mark your scriptures. It is there, painstakingly done, so that we can have everything at our disposal. The prophecies of all the holy prophets prophesying to us about our day, you know, as we read these things, that the scriptures have come alive to me lately, and I'm getting, I'm getting some serious, serious understanding now, as as I I'm being led to, to really good, you know, material from from prophets, from apostles, from the the, the scriptures themselves, that you know the, the the canon that we have before us here. And you realize something, and this is something I didn't realize, is that everything, the Holy Prophets, clear up until, you know, Book of Mormon times, until all of that stuff. It was all prophesying and leading up and giving us types and shadows of our day. The prophets all looked to our day, just like President Nelson has said, right? That they, they, they have looked towards, our, our forefathers have looked towards our day with, with anticipation and longing, right? And their prophecies about their people at the time serve as a type and a shadow and a dual purpose towards us. That absolutely brings it to life. That is so incredible. Anyway, I mean, I, you can tell I'm passionate about this and I'm really excited about this because this has just completely... It has lit a fire under my saddle, brothers and sisters, and I'm starting to I'm starting to understand and kind of feel like I know what kind of role I'm going to play here. And I I, I feel the importance of of opening my mouth and of having my priorities straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 really starting to feel the um there so I, I I listened to a prepper and he's a really cool guy and um he one of the things that and a couple of them have adopted this now but a couple of them and he he started it will say uh, kumpf will say kumpf and he has a shirt that says it and stuff like that and it has always resonated with me and that stands for come out of her my people right come out of her my people and that's a reference to coming out of Babylon, right? And I think that um, this brother that shared the, his video, he gave a, a little fireside. And that was one of the messages that he, that he really 
espoused. And that's one of the messages that he is putting out to us, that we as a people, we as an LDS community have kind of failed. Um, we've, we've failed ourselves and we've failed God. And that's not to get our gobber down by any means. Don't misunderstand, right? I think that we've let culture kind of dictate and take over a little bit. And we have allowed ourselves to become a a money-grubbing people. We've allowed ourselves to, you know, obviously it doesn't apply to everybody, but I think that we can all look around and we can see there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I can speak for here in Utah that I see that happen all the time. Lucky enough, I don't suffer from that. You know, I'm probably the guy that everybody looks at and they're like, why doesn't he like try to keep his yard a little nicer? Why doesn't he drive nicer cars? You know what I'm saying? I, I drive, I drive this, this, uh, this blue Chevy piece of crap, uh, Cavalier, right? It's a standard transmission. It, um, it looks like a low rider. Cause I, I, I bought it, you know, from a, from a, a, a crew up in, uh, up in Orem and it has been the best car in the world. I own it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's an Oh four. It's old, a little bit of rust on there and stuff like that. It, it's, it's been old faithful. I call it blue thunder. But it looks like garbage. You know what I'm saying? It's just that I just am that type of guy. I don't I don't want to own a nice car. I don't want to want to worry about it getting ruined or dinged and stuff like that. And you know I know enough I know enough to be able to fix up my cars and fix most problems that I that I come across. So it's just that type of thing is foreign thinking to me. I will never have a problem with that. You know. But I have I have other things. I. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm sure there's something that I, um, that, that I have, like as far as maybe building computers and stuff like that. I like to have really nice computers. I like to have the nicest graphics cards and stuff. So it's, there's always something there and we're all going to have to fight that to some extent. But I, I think that, that there are many of us who, who have, we have allowed ourselves to become so fixated on on things of the world on getting ahead on money on a nice house on you know having money to make life easier and stuff like that and we have forgotten and put god and and religion and the gospel of jesus christ on the back burner and i think that um I think that we need to come out of her, my people, lest you partake of her of her plagues. You know what I mean? It's it, it really is one of those things that is really resonating with me, and it's something that I think a lot of people are starting to feel. There's there's this kind of this spiritual movement where it's like, yeah, we need we need to get out of these big cities. We need to we need to be happy. We need to not worry about making copious amounts of money you know what i mean we we need to we need to work hard we need to be more self-reliant we need to more be more independent we need to work harder and teach our kids to work harder and teach our kids about the gospel of jesus christ and that is a people that is going to be worthy of protection in the last days of the last days and that is a people i want to be around and surround myself with um, all right, let, let, let's get into this. That was kind of a rant. I apologize for that, but I am, I, like I told you guys, I got a lot on my chest, got a lot on my heart here. 
Let's go to 2 Nephi chapter 6. Um, I'll go ahead and just start, just start diving in. Let's go into it. Verse 1. The words of Jacob, the brother of Nephi, which he spake unto the people of Nephi. Behold, my beloved brethren, I, Jacob, having been called of God, and ordained after the manner of his holy order, and having been consecrated by my brother Nephi, unto whom ye look as a king or a protector, and on whom ye depend for safety, behold, ye know that I have spoken unto you exceedingly many things. Um, I think it's interesting, brothers and sisters, as we pause here, that Jacob, as he begins, he, he, he kind of calls out his, his line of authority, and he kind of calls out the fact that, that he is ordained after the holy order. He is a priesthood holder, right? And he was consecrated to, to his position by his brother Nephi. Right, and you know it's it's just it's it's not it's something that we need to pay attention to that there is always everything is done in wisdom and order. It points to the foundation. Everything is done in wisdom and order, brothers and sisters. Right, we have to remember that going forward. We have to remember that going forward. Uh, verse three. Nevertheless, I speak unto you again, for I am desirous for your welfare of your souls. Yea, mine anxiety is great for you, and ye yourselves know that it, ha that it ever has been. Pause. Brothers and sisters, Jacob is speaking to you right now. Okay? Yeah, he's speaking to his people. This was put here by Mormon for you. So when he says that he's speaking to his people, hey, I'm speaking to you, he's speaking to us, the Gentiles, as well. This is a like in the scriptures moment. The entire Book of Mormon is. But this specifically, this specifically should carry some extraordinary weight. And you need to listen to this and pretend that he is speaking to you. Okay? So let me read that one more time. But this time... Okay? He's speaking to you. Nevertheless, I speak unto you again, for I am desirous for the welfare of your souls. Yea, mine anxiety is great for you, and ye yourselves know that it ever has been, for I have exhorted you with all diligence, and I have taught you the words of my Father, and I have spoken unto you concerning all things which are written from the creation of the world." And now, behold, I would speak unto you concerning things which are and which are to come. Okay? That should carry some weight. Wherefore, I will read you the words of Isaiah. Okay? Again, interesting choice. He chooses Isaiah instead of prophesying about the events of 3 Nephi, about Christ coming to them. Okay? Interesting stuff, guys. And they are the words which my brother has desired that I should speak unto you, and I speak unto you for your sakes. Okay? Speaking to us for our sakes. That you may learn to glorify the name of your God. And now the words which I shall read are they which Isaiah spake concerning all the house of Israel. Pause. Brothers and sisters, who are we? We are the house of Israel. We are, we are brethren, 
with the Nephites, right? We live here on this land. We are to be adopted and given the land, the promised land, as an inheritance. As we are faithful and we will inherit it with the seed of Lehi. We are brethren. We are the house of Israel together, right? That's why this all makes sense. That's why this all applies to us, okay? So when Isaiah is speaking, he is speaking to us, okay? Wherefore, they may be likened unto you, for ye are of the house of Israel. And there are many things which have been spoken by Isaiah, which may be likened unto you, because ye are of the house of Israel. Pause. I'm pausing a lot. I'm sorry. Brothers and sisters, the scriptures were written for us. The Old and New Testament were written for us in the last days. The Book of Mormon was written for us in the last days. This stuff was tailor-made and hand-picked to get us through the craziest, most intense years leading up to the return of the king, to the return of Yehoshua, Amashiach ben Elohim, right? We're talking about the Son of God here. We are talking about the promised Messiah returning for the second time and reclaiming everything, being ordained as the king at Adamon Diamon, right? coming to the temple at New Jerusalem and accepting the temple and blessing the people there with his presence and acceptance of the work that they have done on the holy temple. This is an exciting time to be alive, guys. We are going to experience this. If we are allowed to tarry, we are going to experience this. And in the words of President Nelson, the greatest manifestations and miracles of Christ of the Lord, are going to happen now, from here on out. This is not a time to fear, brothers and sisters. This is a time to rejoice. This is a time to put your head down and do a gut check and see what kind of gravel you got in your gut. And see and know that all you have to do is endure. Whatever happens, come what may, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that at the end, about what I think is coming. Um, but come what may, we just have to endure. We have to make it. And if we lose people, it's not going to be long before we see them again. That is an encouraging thought. All right, let me get back to this here. And now, these are the words, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon thy shoulders, their shoulders, excuse me. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their faces towards the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. I'm going to cross-reference this really quick. Isaiah 60, 16. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and thou shalt suck the breast of kings. 
and thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Okay. Now, that's, that's kind of a funny scripture, but I think that the, the idea here is that it's going to be okay. Like, he's, he, the Lord is extremely mindful of us, right? He's extremely mindful of the people that remember the Lord, okay? That last little sentence that I read. For they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Okay? That's kind of a funny old English way of saying things, but basically, basically those that wait for the Lord, those who, who have the Lord, you know, His name written on their foreheads and who have taken upon themselves the name of Christ and that have that are trying to become one with the Savior, right, as we have been commanded to do, those people are worthy of, of this type of care from the Savior, and He will take care of us as the people of, or the, the children of Israel in Egypt. And now I, Jacob, would speak somewhat concerning these words. Okay, now we're getting some commentary, some narrative from Jacob. For behold, the Lord has shown me that those who were at Jerusalem from whence we came have been slain and carried away captive. Okay. Historical uh, uh, look at this. We we see by going back to Daniel. We see by going back to to the Old Testament. Really, in a few places, we see, you know, Jeremiah, what happened and what that looked like, and it was brutal. Okay having uh, Babylon come in and, you know, they basically set up King Zedekiah to be the, you know, their their king, and he rebelled against them, and as a result, you know, he was, he was, uh, had his eyes poked out and his children murdered in front of him before they, they poked out his eyes and stuff. Okay, did not end well for Zedekiah or his children. However, we know that Mulekis escaped and wound up over here in America. Um, it's just kind of crazy that Jacob, he, he's able to prophesy and say, okay, it confirmed, really glad that Lehi left, that Father Lehi left, because everybody at Jerusalem, right, vast majority of them had a really bad day that day. And they have been carried away captive into Babylon. Nevertheless, the Lord has shown unto me that they should return again. Okay, Again, historically, if you guys go back and look at that, really, really, really cool how they returned. And he also, sh- and, and he also has shown unto me that the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, should manifest himself unto them in the flesh. And after he should manifest himself they should scourge him and crucify him according to the words of the angel who spake it unto me. Okay? We're getting some some prophecy about Christ ministering to the Jews. Right? Okay. And if they have hardened their hearts and stiffened their necks against the Holy One of Israel, behold, the judgment of the Holy One of Israel shall come upon them. And the day cometh that they shall be smitten and afflicted. Okay, we, we know they were. Wherefore, after they are driven to and fro, for thus saith the angel, many shall be afflicted in the flesh and shall not be suffered to perish. Because of the prayers of the faithful, they shall be scattered and smitten and hated. Nevertheless, the Lord will be merciful unto them, 
that when they shall come to the knowledge of their Redeemer, they shall be gathered together again to the lands of their inheritance. And blessed are the Gentiles, they of whom the prophet has written. For behold, if it so be that they shall repent, and fight not against Zion, and do not unite themselves to that great and abominable church, they shall be saved. Pause. We're getting some language here that should be familiar to us, brothers and sisters. We're seeing some Revelations language here, right? This is directly talking to us in our day. Okay? We're looking at this great and abominable church, right? That This is whore of Babylon territory here that we're looking at, right? This is the the dragon and stuff like that from Revelations. This is interesting stuff, and this should bring a lot of this stuff to light. Okay? We're seeing that a warning here. We're seeing a warning here saying, hey, those of, of those Gentiles, hey, you, you Gentiles, you guys, he's talking to us, right? You're going to be blessed if you repent and don't fight against Zion. Right? Don't join yourself with the great and abominable church. Because if you don't, you're going to be saved, right? For the Lord God will fulfill his covenants which he has made unto his children. And for this cause the prophet has written these things. Wherefore they that fight against Zion and the covenant people of the Lord shall lick up the dust of their feet. And the people of the Lord shall not be ashamed. For the people of the Lord are they who wait for him, for they still wait for the coming of the Messiah. Okay, this is powerful language, you guys. This is this is really, really cool. And it's interesting to see that, I mean, we are, that there's many, many, many of us who who are looking forward to the coming of the Son of God, right? And those of us who are in, hopefully this is all of us, guys, but those of us who are able to transcend caring about what other people think of us because of our belief in a deity, in a belief in the Son of God, in a belief in Jesus Christ, in a Heavenly Father, there is a really happy place at the end of that rainbow, when you get to the point, and I think most missionaries have experienced this, you get to the point where you don't care. You just don't care anymore. You know what I mean? You get so so much conviction, and you're so, you're so convicted in your beliefs, and you know, and you've seen, and you've felt things that you just absolutely cannot explain away any other way other than the the Holy Ghost moving upon you, creating that spiritual confirmation to you that these things are real, right? That you get to the point where you don't care if they make fun of you. You're not ashamed. You say, yeah, absolutely I believe in the Son of God. Absolutely I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm waiting for Him to come back. I'm waiting for Him to come back, right? Don't care what you guys think. You can make fun of me all you want. You know, that's okay. We will see what happens when all this is said and done, right? Continuing on. And behold, according to the words of the prophets, or the prophet, 
the Messiah will set himself again the second time to recover them. Wherefore he will manifest himself unto them in power and great glory unto the destruction of their enemies. When that day cometh, when they shall believe in him, and none will he destroy that believe in him. We're getting some really hopeful promises here, you guys. I hope that this is creating, because I know that, I know it's really easy to fall into that fear trap, because what we have to go through, the bridge that we're crossing right now, literally that we're crossing right now to get to that that coming of the Son of God, to get to that building of the city of of New Jerusalem and the temple that that exists there, there is some distressing stuff that's going to happen, and we will live to see that stuff come to pass. And it is um, it is scary stuff. That being said, if we are living in a, such a way that is that what what Jacob is describing here as what Isaiah is describing here. If we are living in that type of, if we have that type of an attitude towards the Messiah, if we have that type of an attitude towards the gospel of Jesus Christ, and if we have come out of Babylon and we are, we have our hearts set upon the gospel, on the things that really matter, our family, if we're teaching our children this, this amazing golden stuff, right? These are the promises that we can not only hope for, but that we can expect. It's okay, brothers and sisters, to expect miracles when you have done your part. It is okay. You know what I'm saying? It is okay to expect miracles when you have, when you have done all that you can do, and when your heart and attitude and spirit are in the right place. And that is a powerful, powerful place to be. And I am working on getting there myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on it. I, 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 I want to come out of Babylon. I know that I'm, I'm too dependent on technology. I, that's my whole job is based around it. You know what I mean? I want to really... Um, I want to to live a simpler life. I want to I want to be able to have that connection to the dirt. I want to be able to to come out of Babylon. I just, you know what I mean? I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen, but going to be a lot of work and there's a lot of growth that's going to happen out of necessity as we as we go through that. But moving on here, moving on. Enough rambling. Wherefore he will manifest himself unto them in power and great glory unto the destruction of their enemies when that day cometh when they shall believe in him and none will he destroy that believe in him. I wanted to read that again because that's just, that's an awesome promise. And they that believe not in him shall be destroyed both by fire and by tempest and by earthquakes and by bloodsheds and by pestilence and by famine. And they shall know that the Lord is God, the Holy One of Israel. Okay. Pause. This verse right here brings to mind Third Nephi, right? It brings to mind Third Nephi. We're, we are seeing the anarchy, the bloodshed, the the fires, 
I mean, there was earthquake, there was a famine. Everything that he mentions here happened right before Third Nephi, and again, it blows me away that instead of pointing to Third Nephi, he points to he points to Christ coming the second time to us. That is incredible. Like, do not sleep on that fact, brothers and sisters. This is a parallel to Third Nephi, but he's using our time to teach his people at that time. That just blows me away. 16. For, for shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For the mighty God shall deliver his covenant people. That is a powerful sentence. I'm going to read that one more time. For the mighty God shall deliver his covenant people. For thus saith the Lord, I will contend with them that contend with thee. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. And they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am the Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Boom. That is powerful, powerful language, brothers and sisters. Super, super powerful language. It's incredible to me that... We have such clarity. And, you know, I, I've read this stuff before, guys. But it, I, I wasn't, you know... I think that what we need to do... Is that we need to recalibrate. As a people. And I hope that my audience here... That you will join me at, at the least. That we will recalibrate ourselves and our minds and that when we read the scriptures we are reading them as if this is a text message or an email given to us in the last days from people that lived you know 560 years before before the birth of Christ right because in essence that is what this is I've said it before and I'll say it again. There is a reason why Mormon, inspired as he went, put and handpicked all of this, these chapters and these verses and why we skip over sometimes and why we have such painstaking detail during sometimes because we are experiencing the same exact thing. He saw our day. He saw our day, and it was his mission, it was his, you know, a- appointment to give us things that would get us through the trial that we are about to go through. Brothers and sisters, I, I um, how to, how to bring this topic up. I want to hit us with with hope here because I believe that we as a church are now going through a big squeeze, right? I believe that we are going to experience some apostasy from members, from our membership, 
okay, the foundation, the prophets and apostles will remain where they have always remained. They will stay where they have always been. But our um, the wheat and the tares of the church are separating themselves, and it's going to it's going to um, continue with more and more speed, with building speed. And I don't know what we look like at the end of that. There's a lot of fair-weather um, members of the church. And I think that's why it's so important that we change our paradigm, that we, we get our heads out of our, um, our mortal day-to-day, you know, rut that we're in, and we start to get our mind and our, and our hearts into the people of Zion mindset. And Micah over at the two LDS archives, um, he does a great job at, at hitting that home over and over and over. And I, I, that's where we're at. It, it is Zion or bust, brothers and sisters. It's Zion or bust. And we need to be ready as a people to, to like Lehi, to drop everything if need be. If we are called upon by the Spirit, if we are called upon to, to flee Babylon to leave our gold and our silver and everything else. You know what I mean? We need to be ready to do that. We need to be ready to um, suffer oppression for a, for a time if need be. And that is something that I, I think we're already experiencing, to be honest with you. I think the oppression is here and the protection that we have enjoyed as a, not just a church but as a country ever since our our forebears crossed the plains and came here to utah there has been a steady groundwork that has been laid that is has taken away and chipped away at at our freedom the gadianton robbers just as they do in third nephi they have ruined and they have almost completed their mission in transforming this nation as they did with the Nephite nation, with the Nephite Republic. If we follow the same parallel as the Nephites, then we will see a fall of, of government. We will see some, some anarchy. We will see some crazy stuff, right? That's what happened to the Nephites, and to think that it can't happen to us, or that we... Um, I don't want to get too far off here, and I don't want to get too crazy here, but if there is invasion of the United States, if there is anything like that, do you know what I'm saying? We, as a people, to think that it can't happen to us, we are, we're kidding ourselves. Do you know what I'm saying? Every single empire has said that. Every dominant empire has said that. It can't happen to us. I think the groundwork has been laid that it absolutely can, and I'm somewhat expecting it to happen to us. 
And when President Nelson talks about how we need to be able to receive spiritual revelation in the coming days, I, I wonder if if our church is going to become a hardcore target, if we will have temples and church buildings shut down again, if the ability to hear from the prophet and the apostles for a time will be taken away from us, and we will then have to choose, are we true disciples of Jesus Christ? Or are we going to to go along with the whore of Babylon? Are we going to join ourselves with the great and abominable church to make life easier on ourselves, to save our own lives even, to save us from, from getting our blood shed? It, it, these are things that we need to consider and things that we need to make decisions about now, brothers and sisters, and we need to prepare now. I, I half wonder if... There, there is a belief amongst many of our people that there will be a call-out, that there will be a, 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 a general conference and, and the prophet will get up and say, it's time to go, everybody. Let's go to, to New Jerusalem. Try, try to, time to head over there to Missouri. And, and everyone's going to get their hand carts that they don't have but that we think we're going to have, and we're going to make a trek back over to Missouri by hand, right? I don't see that happening, brothers and sisters. What I do see happening is the Spirit moving upon people during a time of crisis and for the Spirit to, to lead and guide people in such a way that, that it literally could mean the difference between life and death. Now that probably sounds a, bit, a little bit like our hyperbole, but and extreme, but I, I really do think that we have entered these times where we have to be on our spiritual A game. And there will be some of us who will be called upon to seal our testimonies with our blood, and we, we have to be ready to do that. We've made covenants, those of us who have gone through the temple, to do just that. But there are going to be those of us who we can count on the Lord to fight our battles for us. I, I don't think that that we are going to be called upon to, to fight an invading army. I think that I think that now is the time where we get to experience a children of Israel being led out of Egypt scenario where the Lord steps in to our reality. And as we know, shows up to Adam on Diamond is then the keys are given back to Christ and he is then set apart and ordained and sustained as the king, the monarch of this world and he takes ownership of it, right? This is, gosh, this is exciting stuff. It really is. It's, yeah, there's some scary stuff, but guys, look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. We just have to get through this. We have to endure. What is on the other side of this is so absolutely beautiful and so absolute worth 
everything. It's worth giving everything. That is the world I want my my children to inherit, one where Christ is reigning personally upon the earth. And if I have to suffer hardship for that, then uh, so be it. I absolutely will. I will I will suffer through that. No problem. And I will hope and pray that we are able to to make it through together. I, I, I hope and I pray, brothers and sisters, that we can change our hearts and our spirits and that we can get into the right spirit and that we can change our minds and our paradigms and we can we can get our minds and our hearts set upon Christ that we can get ready for the return of the savior that we cannot bicker that we cannot complain against the lord's anointed that we cannot look at the the foundation that Christ himself it was his idea his blueprint right the church the organization was his blueprint that we don't complain against the prophet when we don't understand something This is the time right now where we are going to decide everything. You know, in in the words of Maximus, right? What we do in in life echoes in eternity. That statement, you know, I know it comes from a rated R movie, but that statement like has been ringing in my mind lately. Where I'm like, it's true. Oh, Maximus was right. <laughs> you know. What we do here right now will echo in eternity, brothers and sisters. We have to endure to the end. We have to make sure that we do what is asked of us and what we have covenanted to do. And that we don't, that we don't fall short. I've been I've been reflecting a lot on my life brothers and sisters and I I look back on my my late teens and my early 20s and I look at that young fool and I wish I could go back and slap him around a little bit you know he might have been a younger guy but I'm getting the old man strength now so I think I could I could take him but I look back and I and I think, gosh, dang it, what a fool! You know what I mean? I, I there's there's so much wasted time. There's so much study that could have happened. There's so much, you know. I had so much growth that had that has needed to happen. So much growing up that I've had to do. And I look at that, and I, you know, I I, I look at all of my past sins, and I look at everything that that I've. I've had to to approach the Lord and even church leadership with, you know what I mean, in, in, in my lifetime. And I think to myself, you know, I, I hope that I have offered up my sins and I've offered up my, my sins as a sacrifice on the altar in such a way that I can be I can be worthy and I can be able to be counted amongst the... I mean, we'll, we'll never be worthy, but... I'm talking about worthy in the sense of that Christ will accept those offerings, right? That that is what Christ wants, brothers and sisters. He wants 
He doesn't want your money. He really doesn't. We are asked to do that to prove our faithfulness and to help each other. He wants our sins. Will will we, like King Lamoni, offer up our sins to Christ? If you get into that attitude, if you can do that, if you can offer up your sins on the altar without any embarrassment, without any thought of what man might think, if you can do that, that is what Christ wants from you. And you have entered into a very, very crucial and valuable part of your your spiritual journey here on earth. Because if you are willing to give up your sins like, like King Lamoni was, if you're willing to give up your sins on the altar to know Christ, he, that, that's the type of people that we need. That's the type of people that we need to be able to go and redeem Zion. That is the people that we end up with at the end of a Zion's camp march. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I'm so grateful for this audience. I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have. You know, I almost feel... I feel it's a weird thought because I've had people message me and tell me how much they appreciate my thoughts and how it's it's changed their lives and stuff like that. And really, like this, I'm so happy about that. And I hope I get to meet some of you guys someday at, at the feet of Christ. I really do. I I long for that. And I think about that all the time. And the reward that I hope for is is to just to um, woo. Alan's getting a little little emotional here. Whew, I didn't see that coming. I I I I look at that time. What I hope for, brothers and sisters, is that is that we can look each other in the eye as we kneel as we kneel before our savior and we think back on all the hardships that we have endured to get to that point and to just be able to look at each other and have that knowing glance in our eyes that we did it we were faithful we made it we, we we looked into the face of the great and abominable church. We looked into the face of the Assyrian, of his servants, and we didn't blink. That is all the reward that I ever would want. And I get so much out of these, these podcasts. I get so much out of these because I get to focus for an hour and you know I sacrifice some sleep and it's 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 a silly thing to say but I I get so much out of this this is so spiritually uplifting to me and it helps me to focus and get out of Babylon myself instead of watching a show wasting my time you know watching watching the big bang theory or watching you know the office or something like that I get to focus on Christ and I get into a, a spirit 
and I touch on on and get a little bit of communion with the Holy Ghost that I normally would not get, brothers and sisters, not on this level. And it has been so awesome for me to be able to do. I am um, I am so passionate about this, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to be able to speak to you guys, to, to be able to to bear my testimony in these last days of the last days, to be able to to be able to say the simple things. I always identified with that guy that Brigham Young talked about, that voice without eloquence, because I am a voice without eloquence, brothers and sisters. But I have been blessed with a, a spiritual gift that I didn't know that I had for a long time, and that gift was to know that that the, all this stuff that we have is true. That to, to know that Jesus was the Christ. I've never doubted that. I didn't know that that was a spiritual gift until I had read that in the in the scriptures. I didn't know that that was that that was literally a divine gift. And I've always had that. And I and I, you know. I think as a kid, if I were to read that, I would have been like, well, that's kind of lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tell you what, brothers and sisters, that gift, I think that that is the most valuable gift that I could have ever been given. And in these last days of the last days, I am holding on to that gift, and I am not going to bury that gift or bury that talent. It's why I'm doing this. It's why I'm raising my voice in support of the Savior, of the foundation. And I do so fully knowing that all it takes is the wrong people to read this or to listen to this. And that probably very well could happen. Not to be dramatic or anything like that, but the way things are going, I'm sure that I will be shut up at some point. You know, one way or another. doesn't even have to be a dramatic way. They could just completely shut me off. But I can say that I, I tried. I can say that I rose... I, 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 I raised my voice. I rose up. I raised my voice. I was not quiet. And that I tried to get my people... Man, oh, Alan's having a hard time tonight. I tried to get my people who were struggling to come back, my brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, may God bless you in these last days of the last days. May you prepare with the time that we have left to prepare. Get your house in order. Come out of Babylon. Get yourselves spiritually ready to be able to endure to the end. To be able to help others 
to endure to the end, to be a light on that hill, to let it shine forth. I love you guys, and I bear you my testimony of, of the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I bear you my testimony, brothers and sisters, that he is and will come again. He is coming and he will come again. That he is even at the doors and that we we will experience miracles if we put our faith and our trust in the Son of God. May God bless you. May God keep you safe. And I say this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.